All right, let's study God's Word together. I hope you'll uh, grab a Bible. Um, I always encourage you to do that or take your device and open it up to the book of Numbers in the Old Testament. The book of Numbers, we're going to be in chapter 20, and um, we're going to be uh, in, a, in a story that may be familiar to you, maybe not be familiar to you, but from the life of Moses, and we're going to be talking about anger today. Uh, last week, uh, we talked about fear. This week, we're talking about anger, which is certainly an emotion um, that um, we all have dealt with from one time or another, and we'll see today that even Moses did, you know, uh, whenever I think about anger, um, I always think of uh, what was one of my favorite superhero figures growing up, which was um, the Incredible Hulk. And I used to love um, the old Incredible Hulk TV show, the one that had Bill Bixby playing Dr. David Banner. I think it was like an early 80s kind of thing. And I, I would watch it as a kid and, you know, how he would miraculously go from uh, Bill Bixby to Lou Ferrigno and uh, transform into a totally different person and uh, run around and throw things and do all that. And so I remember as a kid, I have these faint memories of throwing pillows around uh, the house or tossing a cousin or what, whoever I could get my hands on, right, because I wanted to uh, pretend being the Incredible Hulk. But one thing that always has stood out to me, um, as I remember one of the signature lines from that show, is whenever someone was angering Dr. Banner, he would always say, don't make me angry, you won't like me when I'm angry. And the truth is, uh, people, as a general rule, don't like us when we're angry, right? We all have a little bit of the Hulk in us, and nobody likes to be around angry people. And currently, when you look around our nation, there is lots of anger, isn't there? I mean, can you turn on the news right now and not see someone yelling, uh, not see something, ang- uh, some sort of anger being stoked? Uh, and we need to understand that anger is a dangerous emotion. It can actually be very destructive. If not dealt with in a healthy way, anger can be very destructive to your own personal health. The Mayo Clinic lists headaches, sleep issues, Digestive problems, heart issues, and high blood pressure as things anger can make you more at risk for than you normally would be. Uh, It's not healthy and it's not wise to be angry all the time. Uh, And in Numbers chapter 20, we get an incredible look at an angry moment from one of these heroes of the faith, Moses. Um, And he gets angry, he sins, and it's going to cost him very dearly. And the context of where we're going to pick up and read here in a moment in Genesis, excuse me, in Numbers 20, is um, the people of God are wandering in the wilderness. You may recall in the Old Testament, God's people become enslaved in Egypt. Um, they end up in Egypt due to moving there because of the famine when, 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 when Joseph is working for the Pharaoh there. And they end up staying there different Pharaoh comes along. They end up enslaved there and some 400 years go by. And ultimately, God raises up a man named Moses. And Moses leads God's people. <clears throat> you see the, the, you know, the story of the 10 plagues is where this comes in. And uh, Moses, you, God uses Moses to lead God's people out of Egypt and out of slavery. And so when that happens they ultimately end up for a while wandering in the wilderness. God had promised to take them to the the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. There was a a land that God had for them, but uh, they sinned and they rebelled and struggled with idolatry and all sorts of things and ultimately end up wandering in the wilderness for some uh, some 40 years. And during this time, Moses is their leader. And so in Numbers 20, we have an incident that took place at this moment. I want you to understand as we read this that at this point in time, uh, there have 
been times where they've been without food and God's provided manna from heaven. They've been without water and God's allowed Moses to strike a rock with his staff and water to come forward. So they've, been, they've seen trials and tribulations. They've also sinned. They've, uh, they've rebelled against God, created an idol, and God's had to discipline them uh, for that. All kinds of incidents have happened. And then you get to this moment here in Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 through 13. Here we go. And the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now, Miriam is Moses' sister, so, and one of the leaders here, and uh, someone who uh, Moses was very close to. Verse 2, now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Aaron is, of course, Moses' brother. Verse 3, and the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness, that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces." And the glory of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation and Aaron your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them, and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of the rock, out of this rock? Verse 11, and Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given you. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. Incredible story. Sad story. Here's Moses' life is negatively impacted by his own anger. You don't see the word anger in the passage, but it's certainly in the passage. You see it when Moses snipes at them, calls them a bunch of rebels, arrogantly seemingly kind of sounding, says, shall we bring water from you from this rock, strikes the rock twice in disobedience to God, and finds himself not able to enter the promised land as God disciplines him. You know, the, the Psalms help us understand the role anger played in this situation. The psalmist says in Psalm 106, verses 32 and 33, speaking of this situation, it says, They angered him at the waters of Meribah, and it went ill with Moses on their account. For they made his spirit bitter, and he spoke rashly with his lips. Helps us to interpret a little bit there. We can see the role anger played and him growing bitter, and him ultimately disobeying God. So here's the big idea that I want to kind of get across today as we kind of walk through this passage. Anger is a dangerous reality that can have dire consequences, so it must be dealt with urgently. Anger is a dangerous reality that can have dire consequences, so it must be dealt with urgently. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to just kind of walk through, and I want us to look at uh, three things here. Um, I want us to talk about, first of all, the reality of anger that we see here in this text, the reality of anger. The the reality is everyone deals with anger. Um, If Moses dealt with it, you will too. I will too. Uh, We live in a fallen, broken world where bad things happen, and also to compound the issue, we are sinners, 
and everyone that you will meet today and tomorrow or live with or work with, they're sinners too, right? We're all sinners. And anger was a reality in, Mo- in Moses' life on multiple occasions. And I'm sure it's been a reality in your life on multiple occasions. It's been a reality in my life on multiple occasions. Let me give you a couple other examples of the reality of anger in Moses' life. If you were to go to the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 2, you, you would read about, in Exodus chapter 1, you read about the birth of Moses. And in Exodus chapter 2, you understand that Moses grows up. Now, just to explain, Moses is, 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 is a Hebrew that is adopted by Pharaoh's granddaughter. Okay, so uh, God miraculously works this to save him as his mother and father. They, they will work to save him, and, and he ends up adopted by um, Pharaoh's daughter. And, and, and he grows up in basically a royal home, to think of it that way, okay? But his people, the people he's a part of, the Hebrews, they are enslaved in Egypt. And Moses begins to recognize this. And the Bible says that one day he goes out and he's, um, he's walking around and he's observing the things that are taking place and he sees an Egyptian beating on a Hebrew man, probably one of the slaves. And he's just, he's just beating him, just unjustly treating this person. And Moses obviously becomes angry because what it says he does is he looks around, sees if anybody's looking. He walks over and he strikes the man and kills him, strikes the Egyptian and kills him, hides his body in the sand, People find out about it. He ends up having to run away and hide out for years. So obviously anger playing a role in his life there. In a situation, by the way, where he was, he was, he was angry for justified reasons. This was a, a se- severe injustice he was watching, but he responded in an evil way. Sometimes we can be righteously angry and we can do unrighteous things. In Exodus 32, so some 30 chapters later, uh, you read a, a story that happens where Moses goes up on Mount Sinai to meet with God and to receive the Ten Commandments. And God gives the Ten Commandments uh, to Moses to take down to the Israelites to, to explain to them, this is how you live according to my design. And on the way down, Moses discovers that while he was gone, the people grew impatient. And they, 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 they ask Aaron to, to create for them a God to worship, and he does. He creates a golden calf, and they begin to worship and dance around this golden calf. Moses sees this takes, taking place, and he is irate. He is filled with anger, the Bible says, and he slams down the Ten Commandments. They break in all these pieces. He goes down, he turns over the golden calf, destroys it, burns it, melts it down, puts it in the water, and makes them drink. Drink it. I mean, just like this incredible uh, picture of him just righteously angry because these people were doing something that was incredibly sinful. And Moses dealt with anger as a reality in his life. And at times it was righteous anger. And at times it was, he was righteously anger, angry and then he acted in unrighteous ways like we see in Exodus 2. But here in Numbers chapter 20, in this passage, his anger is in some ways understandable, but he still acts sinfully. He acts very sinfully, and, 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 and we're not sure of all the reasons he's angry. Obviously, the people were sinning and things of that nature. They were, they were doubtful, and, um, but he, he, there there's just seems to be a lot at play here um, in Moses' life in this situation. You know, and, and, and the truth is, you know, there, there are a couple of different types of anger. You know, there's righteous anger and there's unrighteous anger. So when you think about righteous anger, what I mean by that is God, the Bible tells us, gets angry. angry. He's, he's slow to anger. But, he, but he's a just and holy God, and certainly um, he, he, he is a God who, who has righteous anger uh, towards 
sin. And, and Jesus became righteously angry in the Bible, right? We see that in the New Testament. We see him cleanse the temple, um, show his righteous indignation. And that way, we, in Mark chapter 3, there's a scene where Jesus gets righteously angry because people are, are watching as a man with a withered hand comes into the, uh, the temple on the Sabbath day. And they're wondering, will he heal the man? What will he do? He looks around. He, he gets righteously angry. And he's also grieved in his heart by their hardness of heart. And he heals the man. So he gets angry and he heals. He, he heals this Man, righteous anger, anger. There are times that we will and we should get righteously angry at sin or at injustice. However, we are not God. <laughs> and we are not the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was sinless and his anger was never tainted by sin. Our problem is all of our loves and all of our passions uh, have, have been displaced by the fall. So our passions... And- get out of order and our emotional responses get misplaced and so our anger is not always righteous and can go from righteous anger to sinful anger or to some sort of sin very quickly. Sin has infected everything about us. Righteous anger should be channeled into prayer and working for justice, serving the greater good, but anger should not dominate our lives. It should not. And many times the anger that we feel is is sinful anger or will lead us to sinful places. Our anger is not always righteous. And there's this unright- so that's this unrighteous anger when we get angry for selfish reasons or sinful reasons even. In the Bible, we see jealousy drive Cain to anger in Genesis 4 and then murder. We see the selfish and nationalistic pride of Jonah leave him angry in Jonah 4 when God brings revival to Nineveh and, and Jonah's angry about it. At times in the Bible, you see people get angry at the truth, right? You see this in, in Jesus' life. When he's preaching the truth to people and the Pharisees would get angry at him for saying things that were true. And sometimes people get angry at the truth. You know, Dr. Paul Tripp is a quote I've I've used before, but he says, when you get angry, it's because one of two laws have been broken, the law of God or the law of me. (laughs) And that's kind of the difference between righteous anger and sinful anger. And, And many times it's the law of me. You've offended me. And I'm concerned about me and how this affects me or makes me feel. And when you look at this text, there were lots of things happening contributing to Moses' anger. Lots of things contributing to the reality of his anger. There was brokenness uh, in Numbers 20 verse 1. The first verse there, we read about the death of Miriam, his sister. You have to wonder what kind of emotional toll had this taken on on Moses. He had that emotional burden that he was obviously carrying. And then there was a problem in Numbers 22. There's no water. Now, this is an issue that's been dealt with before, but it's still an issue. And as the leader, he's got to deal with the issue. So he's dealing with, he's dealing with the brokenness of this world, the emotional toil of losing a loved one. He's dealing with this problem of not having water. And then there's the people. When you look at verses 3 through 5, they assembled against him. They quarreled with him, and they blamed him for the situation. So they're coming against him, they're quarreling with him, and they're blaming him for the situation. And this is taking a toll on Moses, his reality if you can imagine, is he's t- probably tired. He's emotionally stressed. And the people you're trying to lead are constantly blaming you, doubting God. They've been caught in outright idolatry in the past. And here they are again, showing no faith that God will provide water like he had already done before in the past. And all of this is stirring within Moses. And on top of all of it, they're blaming him for their situation. <laughs> and our reality is this. <laughs> That was Moses' reality. Our reality is this. The world is broken. We are sinners. People are sinners. We get tired. We can be selfish. And the reality is anger is an emotion that has ample opportunity in our world today to stir within us. And if we don't get a handle on it, if we don't deal with it, it's going to deal with us. So there's the reality of anger. Now, secondly, I want to talk about the danger of anger. 
Anger has the ability to impact our life in negative ways. Anger can be a gateway, a gateway to many other sins. Moses and Aaron go and, and spend time on their faces before God, and, that, and that's a good thing to do. You see this in the passage. When you're not sure what to do, or get, get with God, right? And that's what they do. They, take, they get this problem, and they go, and they're just on their face before God. And the glory of the Lord, verse 6 says, appeared to them there, and God spoke to them. Amazing, incredible passage, just thinking about that. And so now they have clear direction from God. They have sought God. They have heard from God. Literally, God has spoken out loud to them. They know exactly what to do. They're told to do three things. Take the staff, assemble the congregation, tell the rock to yield its water. Verse 9, Moses takes the staff. Verse 10, he assembles the people. But then Moses changes course. He doesn't accomplish the third task. He speaks to the people, not the rock. And then he strikes the rock, not once, but twice, in direct disobedience to God. Moses was angry with the people. We can see it in his tone. Here now, you rebels, right? You can, you can just kind of imagine what that was like. He, he seems sort of prideful, some scholars point out, when he says, shall we, shall we, shall Aaron and I bring water for you out of this rock? He, Moses seems irritated, angry, and is calling attention to he and Aaron as opposed to God as the provider. Now listen, Moses had been to church that day, if we're just kind of think about it in our terms, right? He's been with, he had his quiet time, Right? He had done spiritual things. He had been on his face before God. But I'm telling you, you can go through the right spiritual disciplines, the right spiritual motions, if you will. But if you don't deal with your anger, you can end up in a real bad spiritual place. And that's what happens here with Moses. You can spend time in church and the Bible, but that doesn't make your anger less dangerous. It's still, you still have to deal with it. It's like when you're watching a movie and there's like a bomb in the building. And then they bring in the bomb squad and these folks come in. They're professionals, right? They have been trained and how to defuse a bomb. They've got all the gear on and all the stuff, and they're being very careful. And here's why they're being very careful. The bomb is no less dangerous because the bomb squad is in the room. Even though these people know what to do, even those people have been to the place to get all the training, the bomb is still dangerous. And I'm telling you, just because you go to church or just because you're a leader in a church, just because you're a pastor, just because you're a deacon, just because you teach a small group, just because you've been a Christian for a long time, or hey, even if you're Moses... Anger is still a danger. It's, very, it's a very dangerous emotion. And anger can negatively impact your relationship with God. That's one of the reasons it's so incredibly dangerous. Moses' anger here seems to have provided a place for his heart to grow disobedient towards the Lord. He was more concerned with giving them a piece of his mind and teaching them a lesson, it seems, and venting than he was obeying God. And this is kind of in line with what the Scriptures teach. Over in Proverbs 29, 22. In Proverbs 29, 22, it says, A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. In other words, when you're given to anger, someone given to anger causes much transgression, causes much sin. Ephesians 4, verses 26 and 27, the Apostle Paul says this, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. When we allow the sun to go down our anger, when we, when we allow anger to reside and we don't deal with it, we just let it sit there. That's why it says, be angry, but do not sin. There's a danger there. You give opportunity to the devil in your life when you play with this emotion and you don't deal with it. In verse 12, God tells Moses that he did not believe in him to uphold him as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. See, by disobeying God, Moses and Aaron had failed to provide a good example to the people. And if even... It even seems that Moses had failed to operate in faith in that moment. Think about that. 
says, you didn't, you didn't believe in me. See, faith obeys God. Faith obeys God. Faith hears God, obeys God, and rather than trust God, Moses disobeyed God. And when we disobey God, we fail to treat him as holy. God says, that's what you've done. You didn't treat me as holy before them. And any time we fail to disobey God, we're not treating God as holy. We can pray, hallowed be your name, but if we live in rebellion against God, we're not treating God's name as holy. And when Moses was on his face before God, he probably didn't think this is where his anger was going to take him, but it did. It did. You know, in 1 Corinthians 10, the Apostle Paul writes that when, when Israel was in the wilderness, he talks about the rock and the man and all that, and he says when they were in the wilderness, the rock, Paul says, was Christ. Was Christ. Paul means that Christ was always there with his people, providing for them even back then, and God was the provider, not Moses. And Moses' disobedience distracted from that. He even said, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? See, Moses took a holy moment that was meant to glorify God the provider and meant to point ahead to the ultimate provision God would, would make in sending the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in anger, he made that moment about himself, distracting from God and God's saving work. It's an incredibly sad picture. And friends, anger will make you do sinful regretful, stupid things. It will. It'll make us do that. Look back on your life. How many good decisions have you made while angry? How many times has it helped your relationship with God? How many times has it helped your relationship with others, with your spouse, with your children, with a neighbor, with a friend? How many times has it helped? Beware. that Anger, anger is dangerous. There's a danger to anger. And number three, let's talk about the consequences of anger. Anger has consequences. Here's the consequences for Moses. God says, you shall not bring, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. They're going to go. You're going to stay. Moses would actually watch as they go. And God would allow him to see the promised land, but he would die not having entered it. Now, I don't believe God's discipline of Moses here is disciplining him by keeping him out of the land was due to Moses' anger. That's not what the text says. I believe it's due to his disobeying God. That's what the text says. By, by not doing what God said do, by, by not speaking to the rock, but rather striking the rock those two times. But Moses' anger obviously played a role in his choosing to be disobedient. Psalms points to that. It's, it's, very, it's very obvious. And see, here's the thing. Anger looks appealing. It looks very appealing. It, it, but it's not going to take us where we think it's going to take us. Uh, Moses didn't think by mm, showing his anger, and not doing what God said, but doing what he felt like doing. And maybe he was even a little angry at God, right? The text doesn't say explicitly, but by, he did not think what was going to happen. He wasn't thinking in that moment, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to show my anger, and I'm going I'm to be kind of rude to these people, and I'm going to disobey God, and I'm going to end up not going into the promised land. He didn't think that at all. You know, James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, when we studied James here recently, very early on we saw this passage. It says, James writes, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Here's why. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It's not going to produce for you what you think it is. It's not getting you where you think it's going to get you. There's going to be consequences, and it's not going to be the righteousness of God. Our anger doesn't make us more godly, and it doesn't make that person more godly. That person that you think you can get angry enough to change, it's not going to work. You know, last year, for our 10-year anniversary, Christy and I went on a cruise. 
which in 2020 sounds extremely careless, right? But uh, we went on a cruise. It was 2019. It was a different time. And we had never done a cruise, so we weren't sure if we would like it. You know, they say you're either cruise people or you aren't cruise people, uh, right? And I guess we're cruise people because we enjoyed it. We had a blast. And when we were looking into it, we didn't just look at, like, the food and what you'd be eating. We didn't just look at the pool and how, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But we looked at where we were going. Like, what's the destination, right? We went on, it was, this, this cruise was to the, the Bahamas, and I don't care how appealing the ship, right? If it says destination, bottom of the ocean, I'm not boarding it, right? Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? The destination matters. We, we care about the destination, not just how fun it is to get there. And I'm telling you, anger sells you this destination. That doesn't sell you the destination. It makes you think, it's going to feel so good to get this off your chest. It, it, you're so justified in this. Anger can be very appealing. This will make me feel better. This is justified. I, I'm not so weak as to let go of my anger. This makes me feel strong hanging on to it. If I show them how angry I am, they will change or it'll get my point across. And that ship is not leading you where you think it is. It's going to lead to hurting you, to hurting others. It's going to drive a wedge between you and God, and it's going to have consequences. It's going to have consequences. Sometimes the consequences are directly related. A broken relationship, a divorce, a divided family, a lost job, a damaged reputation, you name it. Don't get on that boat. It's not going where you think it's going. So how do we deal with our anger? Let me give you some quick principles for dealing with your anger from the Bible. Um, just four A's, okay? The first one, analyze. Analyze why you're angry. God asked Cain in Genesis 4 when Cain becomes angry with Abel. He says, why are you angry? In Jonah 4, when Jonah's angry, God asked Jonah, do you do well to be angry? See, when you're angry, you need to slow down. Moses sped right through into disobedience. And you need to slow down because anger can expose other sins in your life and in your heart. It can expose idols, the things you get angry about. Figure out if you are angry because if you don't know if you're angry or not, if you don't know why you're angry, it's hard to deal with it. So analyze your anger. Why am I angry? Is it righteous anger? Is it sinful anger? What's going on in my heart? Number two, act quickly. Act. Act quickly. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. We quoted it earlier. Listen, even when we experience righteous indignation, we are not to sin. And we are not to carry anger around with us, Paul says. Anger gives the devil an opportunity. Deal with it quickly. It's a big deal. Sinful anger and sin from anger need to be repented of. They need to be dealt with. And we need to act quickly and urgently. Colossians 3.8, Ephesians 4.31 say, put it away from you. Put, it, put sinful anger away from you. Act quickly to put it away. Get urgent about it. Understand the consequences are real. <clears throat> Number three, apply the gospel. Apply. Apply the gospel. We've got analyze, act, and apply. Apply the gospel. The rock in the wilderness pointed to Christ, we mentioned. It is Christ who has provided the ultimate provision that, that you and I need today. More than we need physical thirst quenched, we need our spiritual thirst quenched, and that only happens through Jesus. The rock in the wilderness was struck, and it provided water. And, and notice God so abundantly provided for them that even when Moses disobeyed because God was determined to give his people water, he provided anyway, even though Moses did it the wrong way. God's a provider, and ultimate provisions in Christ. And, and the rock in the wilderness was struck in, um, over in Exodus 17, and of course it was struck here in Numbers 20 in disobedience, and provided water. And Jesus Christ came, and by the way, he was struck. He was beaten. He was crucified. And on the cross, he died for my sin and your sin, for our sin, that he might provide salvation for us. Can I just say, when we realize God's righteous wrath against our sin has been satisfied by Christ's work on the cross 
it should help put our anger in perspective. What right do we have to walk around angry all the time? If God's righteous indignation and wrath has been satisfied because of the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. Ephesians 4.32, Paul says, right after he talks about putting off anger, he says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And then he says this, as God in Christ forgave you. The gospel provides the example for us. We need to apply it. Listen, we need to know Christ. If you, if you haven't done that, if you haven't turned from your sin to Jesus and believe that he died in your place and that he has risen from the dead and he has the power to change your heart, listen, you need to do that. You need to turn from sin to Jesus and receive him as Lord and as Savior. And then we need to apply the gospel daily to our lives by forgiving like we've been forgiven, showing kindness like we've been shown kindness, being compassionate like we've received kindness. I mean, compassion. We, we need to be tenderhearted because God was tenderhearted towards us. We need to allow the gospel to transform our heart and lives by applying the gospel to our lives every day. The gospel transforms us. Number four, accept. Accept the Spirit's help. Accept the Holy Spirit's help. Galatians 5 tells us that fits of anger are a work of the flesh. It goes on to tell us that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and get this, self-control. You can't be filled with sinful anger and produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can go from righteous indign- you can't you can go from righteous indignation to a sinful expression, and that would pr- show that in that moment you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the, the, the Holy Spirit, whether we're righteously angry or whether it, it wants to still produce in our life love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and all these sort of things. When we lose self-control, we're no longer, we're no longer operating yielded to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we need, and, we, and when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we don't walk around getting angry and lashing out at people every time they break the law of me. So we need, to be, we need to accept the Holy Spirit's help because here's the thing, we can't live the Christian life in our power. We can't do it. Ask for his help, yield to him, get in his word, read it and pray. Allow the Holy Spirit to work. We need him. We cannot live the Christian life in our power. We need the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus sent the helper. So we need to yield to him. You need to seek his help and seek to live in his power, not your own. Rely on him. Seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask him to control you, to empower you, and then trust that he will. And choose to walk in his ways. We're going to mess up. We're going to get angry sometimes when we shouldn't. We're going to show angers in ways that we shouldn't, but we can grow and we can mature and we can become more godly and we can see the fruit of the Spirit more and more produced in our lives, and we should. So analyze, act, apply, and accept. Analyze your anger. Act quickly, apply the gospel, and accept the Holy Spirit's help. Let me ask you today, do you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know the one who has satisfied the righteous wrath of God so that you can be saved? If you don't, we encourage you to call on him and be saved. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'll turn from your sin to Jesus, you can be saved even right now. And I would encourage you to do so. And if you've got questions about that, if you, if you call on Christ and ask him to save you, if you put your faith in him, or if you've got questions about doing that, either way, reach out to us. We'd love to help you or celebrate with you. Email us at info at gonorthpark.com. I'd love to talk with you about that. Believers, there's a way that we can help you. If sometimes people have issues with anger that, that, that you really need to get some, some help with. And if there's some way that we can help you, we'd love to do that. Email us at info at gonorthpark.com. We'd love to connect with you any way that we can and help serve you in that way. But I hope this message has been a blessing to you today and that we can walk in it and apply it to our lives. So let's pray and ask God to help us do just that.
Father God, we are grateful for your word today, and we confess to you, Lord, that we struggle with sin and, and expressing sometimes emotions in sinful ways even. And uh, Lord, we, we want to be a people that, that when we get angry, it's for righteous reasons and we show it in righteous ways and that we don't walk around anger, angry. And we want to be people that don't get angry for sinful reasons and don't show anger in sinful ways. We, we want to have self-control and, and, and we want to, when we get angry, we don't want to sin. And, and Lord, we don't want to be people filled with anger and fits of anger and the works of the flesh the Bible talks about. So Lord, we need your Spirit's help and we pray that, that, that we would apply the gospel to our lives and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit as you've called us to and that we'd put anger and fits of rage and all those things away from us as your word tells us. We need your help and we ask for your help. I pray for anyone that's watching today that doesn't have a relationship with you through Christ that, Lord, that they wouldn't take another step out of their home or anywhere else today without calling on the Lord Jesus, without turning from sin to Jesus. Lord, that you would save them today. Lord, help us to, to love you and to walk with you, to tell people about the Lord Jesus and the, to live in light of the gospel that you save us by. In Jesus' name, amen.